Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. He drives, fakes the pass, gets caught in the air, holds the pass, gives to Rudy, dunks. Wow, what a play by Mike Conley to stay with it. Donovan's second half, 20 points on 9 of 11 shooting. Crosses the puck, Donovan who fires the three over Lopez. Four. Pow! Utah, 114, Milwaukee, 96. 7.46 to play. The Jazz are trucking the Bucks right now. Rebound comes to the Jazz. Left side, O'Neal. Wide open three. Rolls Royce. And the Jazz are up 119-102. And that one should put a Jazz note on it tonight. There's David Locke with the highlights. It's the Jazz one in Milwaukee tonight. The return match, it is Milwaukee and the Jazz right here in Utah. Second and final meeting of the regular season. Two of the top five teams in the NBA by record. So this one's intriguing. Mike Conley will miss tonight's game due to hamstring tightness. It's forced him to miss the past two games. PK was a back-to-back, so I never thought they were going to turn him loose for a back-to-back off this. I don't even know if they're going to turn him loose you know, this week or how much longer he's going to be out. But I wouldn't think it, whenever he comes back, I wouldn't think he's coming back for a back-to-back. But Jazz have been good in this stretch without uh, a player, whether it was Ingles or Mitchell or Conley. They have survived all of that and kept rolling. Oh, I think it's like when you miss the show. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? No, because I miss the show. But I assume you mean that you keep rolling. The station keeps rolling, not me individually, because it's like Mitchell with Joe Ingles yesterday and this morning. You know, when Shaq attacked him, Mitchell made it about the team. Same type of principle. Where do you think Mitchell will learn that? Ah, you. We all go to the mountaintop <laughs> with you. All right, the Bucks game do something for you. This is the stretch. The best teams yeah. in the NBA. This is it. How good are they? It's still not like the playoffs because the prep time and the repeat games and all that, but it's the best we get during the regular season. Well, I think the way that the Jazz are playing now, every game does something for me. When you're 20 and 5 and 15 out of 16 or 16 out of 17, how long can you continue it? So we're at, we're in the stretch right now where every game, beyond the fact that for me it's requirement for work, set that aside. Just as a basketball fan, which I am, I want to see how long can this team continue to play like this. Where's this team going? Now we still have a while to determine where's the where's it going to end. How's it going to end? Does it end in the, in the title? Does it end in you know, whatever round and all that stuff? But I am intrigued every single game now because it's about the Jazz most of the time. Now when you add a big time opponent with a big time player, well then yeah that it increases the intrigue. In these next two games here, Friday, Saturday, we're having storms. I mean, what else are you going to do as far as I'm concerned? I got nothing else to do that takes precedent right now. I got Giannis coming in. I got Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, uh, I believe, is a superstar. I said that yesterday. He had a superstar game last night. So every one of these games has got me. Milwaukee tonight, Miami tomorrow, and Philly on Monday. And Milwaukee and Philly are running 1-2 in the East right now, and Miami is off to a terrible start, but that is because 
They have been hit hard by injuries. Butler's been out, but now he's back. Dragic has missed a bunch of games. Myers Leonard is out for the season. I haven't even begun to scratch the surface. Well, I guess I've begun to scratch the surface, but they've missed a lot of guys. But a better opponent now on Saturday. You know, sometimes you catch teams. Yeah, don't the get right caught side. up. You got caught up there in the. In the you got there caught up is. there for a second. I attract I haven't, all, I haven't begun. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, saddle, saddle. Come on. <laughs> a little crazy. Uh, Miami will be coming in on a four game win streak. So, although their record isn't spectacular at uh, 11 and 14, it's uh, on the upward trend now that they're getting their guys back. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Butler up top, guarded by Tate. Works his way into the paint, lays it up and in. Jimmy Butler now with 20, and he's putting his stamp on this quarter. Jalen Brown leads the break, shovel lead for Ojale, who steps around a man and lays it in. New career high, 24 for Shemi Ojale. Celtics by 14 with 3.05 to go. Outlet to Mello. He has the last five points for the Blazers. Another three, another make! Mello is on fire! And the Blazers lead it 102-97. Doc Rivers wants timeout. Curry to the timeline. Waits, dribbles, hook pass to Draymond outside the arc. Back to Curry. Quick release from the left wing. Splash for Curry. That's three, number 10 on the night. There's some highlights from some of the games around the league, including Steph Curry going for 40 points as the Golden State Warriors beat the Orlando Magic 111-105. And before that, you heard Carmelo with the 24 points off the bench. Lillard had his 30. The Blazers beat the Sixers 118-114. Sixers will be here Monday. And you heard Jimmy Butler, triple-double, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And the Heat are here Saturday. Heat beating the Rockets 101 to 94. Which of those games catching your eye? Well, I already spoke of Jimmy Butler. I believe he's a superstar in this league. And I don't care what Miami's record is. It's Jimmy Butler's team. And when Jimmy Butler plays, uh, I can't even begin to scratch the surface to tell you how good Miami is. So they always get my attention when Jimmy Butler's playing. And then the Jazz are coming in here in a couple of days. Eater coming in here a couple days to play these teams, uh, so that is something that. And I watched the uh, Philly uh, Portland game. And you can check when Lillard is at at very decent. Blazers are pretty good. Philadelphia is an interesting team to me. You know, just how good are they? I'm not really sure. I don't know that. Isn't that a little bit what the eastern side of the country is saying about us? They don't watch the West as close. They probably watch the eastern side. Philly's 18-8, and eight, which you know, the Jazz record's obviously better, but 18-8 and eight's the same record. I like as the that, man. And we take them seriously. About time you've come aboard. Isn't that what the eastern part of the country is saying about us? <laughs> yeah, you and Locke. We. <laughs> nice. We, us, our. <laughs> this makes no sense to me, Yak. He won't call the soccer ball club us. But he says the Jazz, us. I'm at the oh, West, us, but you can go that? with the Jazz. He's specified. <laughs> the East Coast Everybody bias. took it I've as us. My whole freaking life. Lean into a DJ. Be the, the Chargers homer. always underestimated. The Padres. And now, Never now discussed on ESPN. And now you're going to try to talk about it. You think the people in the East are underestimating us in the West? 
Yes. And you use that West? Oh, yeah, all the time. Why do you think it's the I-95 show? Why do you think it's the I-95 show? How do you Talking know? about the Wizards all the time. Because they live in Washington. Right. Why would you People ask me a question that's so obvious? talk about the East all the time. And ignore the West. That, that doesn't, that doesn't mean LeBron you underestimate anybody. Oh, I think they do all the time. That does That. How do you know? You haven't even lived there. You wouldn't have any idea. Because I can You're watch like their shows. White affluent liberals who tell me about how stuff is, and they have no. They live behind gates and and up in the hills. They have no idea what life is like in the valley, so to speak. Come on, you said us because you meant the. It's okay. We accept it. We're homers. It's all right. I would just ask that you provide the same opportunity for the team that you deeply love, and that's the soccer ball club. That's all. The Toronto Raptors will play the entirety of this season in Tampa, Florida. They announced yesterday the franchise cited border restrictions and being mindful of public safety measures in Toronto as factors that prevent them from returning home to play at any point this season. That's not true. Yeah, they won't play the entirety of the season. They'll only play their home games there. Regardless, Thank they're goodness for Walter Cronkite, man. DJ and PK. Misleading the people. Hashtag college basketball. Utah gets the win at Cal. It wasn't pretty. They flung the door wide open in the final minute, but Cal just couldn't walk through it and take that game, could they? No, Utah two for six at the free throw line in the final minute, plus a key turnover in the final second. But they got away with it. Cal missed the game-time free throw, missed the game-winning shot, then missed the game-time free throw, and the Utes survived 76-75. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that key enough. They didn't lose the game. Uh, the Ian Martinez kid is catching my eye. Uh, uh, Larry Kristobiak was really right to hire the kid's father the year before. Smart move. He came off the bench with 16 points. That's a career high for him. A lot of you fans hoping that is not the career high for long. Top that. As I look at this team, if everybody comes back, and that's an if. Because obviously that's an if in in the business, and it's specifically an if for Utah. And I think we've been allowing them a little bit of a too much of an if. Well, because everybody jumps off the cliff, if I jump off the cliff, somehow it isn't as bad. I have a little bit of a problem with that logic when you're not going to the NCAA tournament and you have a program that is built and you're paying a guy that much money to go to the NCAA tournament. I understand where they're coming from, but it rings a little, not entirely hollow, but it rings a little bit hollow. But if they keep all their guys... They've got an opportunity to have a good team. Now, I know we've been saying this, it seems like, for four years in a row. And I'm saying it again. And so I'm just as guilty if I criticize, well, yeah, here we go again, saying that. Because I'm saying it. Giacoletti got fired for missing the tournament twice. And Boylan got fired for missing the tournament three times. And this is going to be the fifth year in a row they missed the tournament. But next year could break the streak. I, I, I know. I really feel like the football's yeah. getting pulled away from me and I'm falling on my back again. And I can't argue when you say that. Yeah. But as I look at the team, there's no senior contributors. Uh, well, Plummer is yeah. a senior, right? Right. And it's uh, it's so the you know in, in basketball you need your star player, but you need a guy or two to go with him. It's always what you talk about with Portland, right? Lillard's got to have his thirty. Somebody's got to go with him. Now usually it's McCollum, 
But it's Carmelo Anthony last night with, you know, McCollum's missed a bunch of games. And with the Utes, Timmy Allen has been a reliable scorer, and he got 18. Now he missed some free throws down the stretch. He missed a lot of free throws down the stretch. But he still led him with the 18. And, you know, against Colorado, it was Plummer. Against Cal, it's Martinez. And he's somebody to go with him. But the, the points have been hard to come by. And like you said, they got to get all these guys back. And Plummer, obviously, is a senior, so is a JC transfer guy. He's done, so... Maybe Martinez can develop into that second consistent score, and then they start to bring somebody else along. But that's assuming well, you that got pl- they got plenty of guys. Back. They got the foreign guys. They got Carlson. I mean, those guys they all have their moments. So uh, I, I'm telling you, DJ, if they don't make it next year, then no. I've had it. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's good. We're gonna draw a line in the sand here, and then we're gonna draw another line in the sand over there. I didn't draw it. You drew it. Then we're gonna that, this year, no, I didn't draw it. I said last year that I wanted him, speaking of Larry, to get another season. So I didn't draw it last year. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a weird game in some respects. That, you know, they found a, w- a way to win, but they got badly out-rebounded in that game. And uh, mentioned Carlson, and, and there are flashes where you're hoping for high hopes for him, but uh, one rebound, and I saw that in the box score and thought, what would Rick Majerus have told PK? Well, he would have gone right there that uh, he had won more than a dead man. Yep. And sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that we know Majerus's style, and he demanded a lot. And those are the things he. It's almost like he overlooks scoring individually. Oh yeah, he figured you're already you're already focused on that. I'm going to yell about the other stuff. Yeah. And getting out rebounded 31-21 and 10 to five. They weathered it against Cal, and now it's Stanford tomorrow night, eight o'clock on the Pac-12 networks. And the Utes have inched to the edge of a bye in the tournament, which isn't the same because now it's five teams getting byes instead of four. But they're almost there. They can, if they beat Stanford, they'll move into a, you know, be percentage points behind them in the race for the last bye in the conference. Well, Arizona so. isn't going. Right. That's why so there's an extra bye. There's they only need six teams to play in the first I, I have a hard time getting worked up judging that stuff this year. Yeah. So many teams with players in and out. Weaver State lost in Missoula to Montana. Same two teams play tomorrow at 2.30. So the race there, Eastern Washington beat Montana State. So Eastern Washington's a game up on Southern Utah and a game and a half on Weaver State and Montana State. Dixie State plays UVU and Orem in a back-to-back set tonight and tomorrow. They'll renew a rivalry that ended when they both, uh, they used to play when they were both in the junior college ranks. and Now they've both, both moved up, so they can go at it again. Sure. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. They don't call teams. Teams call them, and they've told everybody they're not trading Watson. Doesn't mean they won't do it eventually. I guarantee you if they did, it would not be for Carson Wentz and the Eagles. And they've said it publicly. They've said it privately that they are not trading Watson. And so anybody says they called the Eagles, uh, not true. If they trade him, would be the Jets. So, no, they have not contacted anyone about trading Watson. That's John McClain right there, Houston Chronicle, talking about Deshaun Watson and his future with the Texans. We had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Seemed like in that bite right there, he cracked the door a little bit when we had him on the show. He wasn't willing to to say anything about him moving, you know, and if they move him eventually, it seemed like there, of course, there's been change in management since he was on our show, so there you go. That's a story we'll continue to watch. Yeah. Uh, Bucks quarterback Tom Brady undergoing a minor surgical procedure on his knee this offseason. Move Bruce Arians called a, a cleanup procedure. 
Minor surgeries happens happens to someone else, PK. Football players have a lot of minor surgery. You like to say that. Jacksonville Jaguars coach Urban Meyer defended his hire of former Iowa strength coach Chris Doyle. Doyle was accused of making racist remarks, belittling and bullying players at Iowa. Meyer defended the move, saying, I've had everyone on our staff, and like I said, the relationship goes back close to 20 years. And a lot of hard questions asked, a lot of vetting involved with our staff. We did a very good job vetting that one. The allegations that took place, I will say to the players, I vetted him. I know the person for close to 20 years, and I assure them there'll be nothing of any sort in the Jaguar facility. Didn't take long for Urban to get into the middle of controversy. That's also former University of Utah strength and conditioning coach for, uh, Chris Doyle. It uh, spent a year there with the Utes. Uh, yeah, whatever on that. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't follow Iowa, so I have no idea. I think the bigger thing is that I think they announced their entire uh, coaching and additions. Uh, the, the, the entire content is like 28 guys. And Morgan Scally isn't on that list. So, uh, we know that there have been discussions, but I think obviously Morgan has decided to stay here with Utah. I think locally that's the bigger story. I can't defend or criticize Chris Doyle because I have no idea. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. It's a surreal moment for me and something that I am very proud of being able to sit here on this field and, you know, in the same place that I would come two times a year and, and watch all the Dodger games. So it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty surreal for me right now. Trevor Bauer introduced formally in L.A., told reporters he's committed to being better on social media, being better on the field, being better in the clubhouse and being better in life in general. Social media habits brought accusations of online bullying. But he has signed for a tremendous pile of money in L.A., but not one of the long-term deals we've seen some players get short-term. And even though it's only a three-year deal, there's opt-outs in it, too. But it's still a $100 million deal. even though it's Yeah, it's over years. $30 million. I watched that yesterday. It was on the MLB Network. And he was sitting uh, like right where the grass would meet the dirt behind second base. And they were socially distancing with the, with the GM and all that. And he was taking basically which I guess you would call them Zoom questions on that. And that's been an issue because he's a local kid, played his college ball at UC Los Angeles. Garrett Cole was his teammate, and those two guys hate each other. Trevor Bauer has been an issue. Diamondbacks took him in the first round with, like, the top five pick. And right from the start, he the talent wasn't the issue. It was all this other stuff. And we know when Francona came out and took him out, he chucked the ball over the center field fence when he was with uh, Cleveland and they were playing in KC. And you can go look that up. So there's been all sorts of issues, and he likes to put himself out there on that social media. So maybe, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe that there's some maturity because when you're coming in, you're a youngster. And now he's not a youngster anymore. He's an older dude. And so how do you fit in? Because you can be a world-class talent. I don't think he's that level, but he's very good. But you've got to make sure that you fit in, too, because you're with these guys all the time. And you don't want to be drawing attention to yourself needlessly and create distractions for your ball club. Because when you look at it, you got Bueller and Bauer and uh, Kershaw at the top of your rotation. You know, you got an opportunity to do something again for the Dodgers. So he's got to find a way to make sure that uh, just basically do your job and keep your mouth shut and everybody will be fine. You don't have to be everybody's best friend, but don't be a knucklehead. 
Hard high, man. Growing up in the shadow of Magic Mountain. And now he's got a chance to be a Dodger star. Living the dream. Just don't mess it up. It really would be a dream. I know as a kid, I always dreamed of playing for the Dodgers. And, you know, you just give me some ability, and I would have done it. (laughs) Dodgers avoided arbitration with uh, Walker Bueller, agreed to a two-year, $8 million contract, and he got a $2 million signing bonus as part of the deal. So, dinner's on Walker Bueller. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Yach had a plan. Already the plan is getting scrambled. Have you reorganized everything? Allegedly. All right, what are we doing? David Locke's going to join us next. Okay, he is. Excellent. Then. And then Cody Fuger, uh, BYU assistant coach, will stay at his 830 slot. All right, there it is. David Locke talking jazz. Big weekend. With Milwaukee, Miami, and then Philly coming in. Three games in four days. It's the Bucks tonight. David Locke is next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I like myself a good french fry with ketchup and mayo. I'm not talking about fry sauce. I'm talking about real mayo and real ketchup. Is yeah. that fry sauce? Uh, that's kind of what I was Te- thinking. Technically, I'm not it talking is. about spaghetti and meatballs. I'm talking about spaghetti and meat balled in- up. <laughs> Europe had it before fry sauce ever showed up here. Yeah. Bite your tongue. Fry sauce started here, sir, with yeah. Arctic Circle. We created fry sauce, and we will own that in perpetuity. It's oh, different. they did it in Europe we, first. It tastes different. Separate than in Fry sauce. Next thing you know, Gordon's going to tell us Brigham Young didn't say this is the place, but uh, this is good enough. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Jerry Signer Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. Utah Jazz getting ready to host the Milwaukee Bucks. David Locke is going to join us in a minute. And PK, when they won 11 in a row, we said it couldn't last forever. And that after they lost, all right, well, you lost one, but don't let this turn into something. Get on another streak. They've rattled off five in a row. If I offered you two out of three right now on this weekend, would you take it? Or you no. want to try to shoot the, shoot the moon, run the table? Yeah. Why would, I, why would I accept defeat? That doesn't make any sense to me. If they don't lose now, will they ever lose? Oh shit! Sure, they will. I mean, that's that's a given. That's not not even worth discussing. Will they ever lose? Of course. But I'm not going to go into anything. I'm not. You're not going to hand me defeat, and I'm going to willingly accept it. If I get it and it happens, I want to make sure I go down, kicking, scratching, and all those cliches that go into it. And then you, the great thing about the NBA is this is a veteran ball club here. And I don't see any particular highs and lows because, as Joe said, he said those very words on our show, uh, put it aside because you, you got another game. And the way the thing is, I mean, this month they play uh, 14 games in 28 days. And he said yesterday it was so weird that they didn't have a game yesterday mm-hmm. because they're so used to playing. And if you do the math, you know, obviously they're playing every other day. And well, in this case, they've got two days off, but then they follow it up with three out of four. Time to bring in the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. His weekly interview brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Hey, David. 
David James, Patrick Kinahan, bright and early in the morning. Such a pleasure to talk with you. How are you? Excellent, David. How are you? I'm great. All right, up this morning. <laughs> uh, you know, we're all up and we're all excited about what we're about to talk about. There's much less 7.30 in the morning commute than there used to be. There's much less commute than there used to be. You could plug yeah, in I 745, just, 8, 8.15. I just drove down and to get tested and don't didn't see anyone. Now I'm just driving through a blizzard. Good times. What's up? So the Jazz and the Bucks, you often talk about, uh, and you're not this year, obviously, but in the past when you would fly with a team, you'd talk about you could tell by how you felt how they were likely to play. And obviously the Jazz were dragging in Indiana. But when you've got uh, one game in four days and no plane flights Monday through Thursday, do they have their legs back? Do you think we see one of the better shooting games? Because it's been a little off here the last couple games, and you can write that off to fatigue. But do you think they're back tonight? Uh, it. Your logic is right. I have no idea how they feel. I feel great. I haven't been on a plane all year. Like, it's incredible how the lack of travel changes everything about how you feel. Um, and even my voice is not as tired as it usually is. Like, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks play a certain style defensively. They are going to protect the rim at all costs, um, no matter what. They're going to let you shoot threes, not quite let you in the sense that they're just like daring you to shoot them, but they're certainly, you know, they're certainly allowing a lot of threes. And there's a magic number. Milwaukee has not lost a game all year where the opponents have shot below 42% from three. It's a crazy high number. But they are undefeated, I think 19 and 0 or not, that's not quite right, something like that, 17 and 0 or something. When they, when someone shoots below 42%. So you have to have, they're going to give you threes. We're going to get 50 of them tonight. And we have to make 23, 24, 25 to be them. Wow. You believe they've got to shoot 50% in order to win the game from three? So Milwaukee's the number one offense in the NBA. And so the math that Milwaukee has figured out is that if we don't let you shoot at the rim, which last year they only allowed 29% of their shots at the rim, then we don't lose unless you have an unusually high, good shooting night. And so, you know, that's, that's really what they've built their entire defense on. They've changed it ever so slightly this year, but not really. And so teams get, I think they're probably – about 26 in the league in denying the three, and they're 28 in the league defending the three. Um, but that, you know, that is that, – that's their style. The math works for them unless it's one of those nights where someone gets hot. David Locke joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So Mike Budenholzer, the Bucks coach, was in the Spurs organization – he was an assistant from 1996 to 2013. Obviously, we've seen the Jazz go to the Spurs organization, Dennis Lindsay, Quinn Snyder, right on down the line. How much have these guys diverged after they've left, and how much do you really see the Spurs imprint on them? And it's a little bit like looking in the mirror here. And where have they diverged? You know, that's a great question, DJ, because I actually think, well, the game's evolved. 
and I think you have what what was what is unique to Mike Budenholzer and Clint Snyder is their own independence and their own intelligence. Um, Mike Budenholzer is a sage hen out of Pomona, one of the elite schools in the country as a Division three player, and we all know Quinn's you know academic background as well as just being around him. So I think they've diverged quite considerably over the time and as they've gotten their personnel and as they've worked with their teams. There's, I'm sure there's some you know, basketball principles that are similar, but if you kind of just dig in, you know, both of them have embraced the three at a much higher level, though San Antonio did embrace it quite a bit for a while, you know, in there. Um, the pop is of the non-offensive rebounding school. Both Pudolzer and Snyder put the offensive rebound back into their op- into their game plans. Um, uh, Milwaukee really runs. They, they run, run, run. So they play the most possessions in the NBA in transition, probably because Giannis is not as good in the half court. Um, Quinn's trying to integrate the fast break more this year than he ever has before. Um, and, you know, and into that to get early threes. Um, so I think they've actually diverged quite a bit from on maybe on the, the edges, because I bet you if I knew more about basketball and I got in the core, you would say it's similar. I, I think, you know, the fact that Quinn Snyder is going to be upset with Rudy if his right foot's not at the right angle on a pick is a very Popovichian style of coaching that I'm sure Mike Budenholzer holds as well. So we watched the Lakers and these two teams here at the top of the conference and at the top of the league. And so I'm looking around yesterday on the Internet, and I come across this blogger. Now, he's a Laker blogger, so take that for what it's worth. But he lists three reasons why the Lakers shouldn't be concerned about the Jazz, and he puts LeBron over here, but LeBron's a reason everybody should be concerned about everything at all times, but he goes beyond that for a second, and he says Anthony Davis goes off against Rudy Gobert, and in the four games last season against the Jazz, Davis averaged 30 points, 8 three-point boards, 2.3 assists, 51% from the floor, and he says, uh, sure, Gobert will get his 13 and 10 per night, but he's not someone the Lakers really need to be concerned about. So I want you to comment on that. And then he also addresses backcourt defense of the Jazz is weak, and then he gives the uh, depth angle favorable to the Lakers. And those are his three reasons. Could you respond to those? I don't read Laker bloggers. Hence, that's Um, why I brought it up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who was it? Uh, I can go back and check and oh, tell sorry. you it's somebody uh, by the name of Jason Reed. Now, I have a friend who works for ESPN by the name of Jason Reed, but it's spelled all – it's not. It's not. This is a white guy. My friend is an African-American. Right. And he's, yeah, this new, this um, new one spells his name R-E-E-D. My buddy spells it R-E-I-D. I know the Jason Reed you speak of. Um so, I mean, Anthony Davis is one of the great players in the NBA. So I'd have to know a lot more than Anthony Davis's box score line against Rudy when Anthony Davis has not tapped out of games against Rudy Gobert. He's been pretty good. Um, he's nice not subtle shot there. But when he was with the Pelicans, he missed an awful lot of games against them. Um, I mean, Anthony Davis is great. So, I mean, I, like, I don't really know how to answer the question because if I was really honest, if you told me, like, I just on our Locked On Podcast Network pool, we had to do who we thought was going to win the title, and I put the Lakers. Uh-huh. 
So, like, I still think the Lakers are going to win the title. They have two of the five best players in the world. They've got the greatest player ever to play the game, um, who's still stunningly playing 40 minutes a night at, like, 63 years old and is playing at a super high level and has now become almost Jordan-esque in the sense that he makes every shot he has to. Um, they're, they're really long. They're really physical. They're really good. I mean, they're the best defensive team in the league. I think we'll have a really hard time getting our threes against them. I think we'll have a really hard time if they hug to our shooters getting, you know, Rudy rolling to the rim or our guards getting our small guards getting scoring over their size. So um, I don't know who Jason Reed is, but I don't think, um, you know, comparing Anthony Davis's scoring to Rudy Gobert's is not very bright, but um, the premise of what he's saying doesn't sound like it's outlandish. David Locke, join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's not only the Bucks tonight. It, Can I throw, I'll throw the other side of that story, by the way. Okay. Is that if for some reason we can get our threes off against them, we could put the Lakers into a real math problem. They don't shoot a lot of threes, and they don't shoot them well. They've had a lot of nights below 33% shooting. So if we can get out and run, play. the key to what we've got to do is be unselfish early in possession, not get caught into the game where you're playing the pounded, slow down, late game, oh, it's Donovan versus LeBron. We lose that game. Like, oh, we'll give our possessions to Donovan, you give yours to LeBron and AD. We're in trouble. We lose that. But like we did the other night against the Celtics, where we're throwing it ahead to Boyan. Clarkson missed a three with seven on the shot clock. Ingle, off the shot clock. Ingles missed a three with, like, five off the shot clock. I actually don't care they didn't make those shots. The fact that Donovan was willing to make the passes as the star on the team and say, go ahead and shoot that and send that message, if that can hold all season, that's how we beat the Lakers because we can go get up possession, up the floor fast enough, get off the threes, not get caught by that length I talked about, not get caught in that half-court set, and then get 43, 45 threes off, um, preferably even more, and they're taking 22, 24, and making 33%, they're, they, they've got a math problem. The Clippers actually bother me more than the Lakers from that standpoint. The Clippers shoot the three as well as we do and are taking a lot. We're going to have a hard time having a math edge on the Clippers. All of this is why Quinn Snyder is, is trying to get the team in the habit of running so they don't face – the set defense, and they don't face uh, some of the uh, taller lineups that can be thrown against them when they're playing a shorter backcourt. And so isn't that why we're seeing this emphasis on running and shooting early in the clock? Make it a habit now so it's second nature when you get to the playoffs because that's where you could have an edge? Yes, and that final five minutes last night was, was one he will, uh, against Boston, is one he will talk back to the team about probably. They will probably see that final five minutes a lot between now and then. Do you want to go There's ahead? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was trying to say it before. So, I, I mean, if you think about Boston late in the game, it was Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on every possession except for the one where Rudy cuts off Jalen Brown and gives it to Tristan Thompson because he has no other choice. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not trying to say they're selfish. That's their job. So this is not a criticism of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but they, they didn't really want to give Daniel Tice a shot at that point. And they didn't really want to give Tristan Thompson a shot or Kemba Walker a shot. Like, that's, that's not what they're doing at that point. We did the opposite in that five minutes. We, we thrust the ball ahead up the floor early. Donovan leaves it behind for Joe for the big three. But I think the misses in that stretch were equally as important. The three misses were against a zone defense that, 
Donovan's a point guard. Boyan kind of slashes the zo- into the middle. The zone collapsed. The quick kick out. Boyan collapsed while pointing at Jordan Clarkson to say to Donovan, like, as I do this, he's going to be open. Donovan gives it to Jordan. Jordan quick release three. He didn't make it. That's actually kind of irrelevant. Like, uh, they'll eventually go in. Joe Ingles on a, on a transition possession before the big one everyone just talked about yesterday took an early three and missed. And then Don, the one late possession was the Jazz thrust the ball ahead. Rudy sprinted the floor, which is the key to everything. Boston had to collapse defensively, so everyone was mismatched because the Jazz had thrust the ball ahead so much. Tristan Thompson ended up on Donovan, so then they brought it back out for Donovan to go one-on-one on Tristan Thompson. He missed the shot as well. But those three misses are all – first, they were all threes, which I think is good. And secondly, secondarily, is that they all pushed it ahead, created early opportunities, and got out of that kind of half-court set. But also, it wasn't just, oh, we're in the final five minutes of close game. It's Donovan's turn, and only Donovan's turn. And what is going to make us great is the willingness to continue to do that throughout the year, even when the sphincters get tighter and the games get, you know – you know, more high profile is to still play that same way. How much do you view this upcoming schedule as it turns tougher as a barometer? I'm going to quote the great Kevin Pelton of ESPN, if I may. I called him the other night, I think when we beat Indiana, and just said, what, what do you think's going on here? And he said, you're elite offensively and you're elite defensively. So therefore, you're going to win a lot of games in different ways. And you'll have stretches in every game where you're good at both and you'll run away from people. But you're not winning 95% of the rest of your games. That's really it. Like, we've established that we're great on both ends of the ball. But, like, we're not winning another six, seven, what is it, 16 of 17? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not happening again. Like, let's be honest. So, at some point, we're going to start losing basketball games because – that's how it works, and we're playing an inordinate amount of games, and Mike Conley's injury means Joe Ingles is playing too many minutes, and Donovan Mitchell's got a higher burden, and guys are going to start wearing out, and we're going to get into – it's why when you evaluate teams for the playoffs, you should always go back and look and see what their, state, what their record was 20 games into the season, not the middle 20 or the last 20, because the first 20 is always a better indicator of playoff success than what you'll see – than you see late, because teams start to wear down and – rest and bit Nixon and it's going to happen like that's that's what's that's the next stage we're moving into in the season is the fatigue the fatigue grind age and we're playing great and we have such a tremendous math advantage over everybody that we're going to win a lot of games and we're a lead on both ends of the floor but at some point we're going to start losing like could be two losses to Clippers and those guys not falling we lose both games to the Clippers um you know, it could be we lose tonight to Milwaukee because we shoot 38% from three instead of 44, which we have to shoot. Um, and Miami on a back-to-back, and Philadelphia, Joel Embiid will be a heck of a game. I'm not totally sold on Philly. So, um, though, you know, Ben Simmons, is we got six-foot-one guards. Ben Simmons is really hard for us. So we're almost out of time, but delve into Philly a little bit because obviously we're not going to talk to you until after all these games. Uh, is it as simple as the, the Simmons matchup and his size is a nightmare for the Jazz? Is there something else you're watching yeah, I mean, for? We're so obsessed with the fact that he doesn't shoot threes that we've stopped talking about how great he is at all the things he does. So, I mean, he can just get to the ball, to, and he can get the ball to any spot on the floor at any time with his size and his handle. And that, it just makes it really, really hard to defend them. It just bends who they are. The fact that he can, you know, bend who you are defensively. He can get 
anywhere he wants at any moment on the floor at any time, and he can do it in transition, you know, in a really unstoppable fashion. So he, he and then Joel Embiid has been great. Now, you know, there's a flu that occasionally runs through the NBA called Gobertitis. I don't think Joel Embiid will get it, but you never know. It could it could strike. Um, and so we'll see what happens. I think that the um, I, I'm just honestly, it's a statistical thing. Their point differential is not as good as it should be for a team with that record. Going into last night, I think they were like I tweeted it. I think they were 11 and one, and games are decided by five within five points and five minutes left. Like there's some skill to that, but that's a little bit of luck. Like you know, if you look one year to the next, rosters aren't always the same in clutch which leads you to believe that there's some luck factor that's going on there. So they've been fortunate. They probably, you know, what are they, 19 and 7? Is, is that too high? Are they 18 and 7? What are they? 18 and 8. Yeah. 18 and 8. So they really probably should be 15 and 11, and that would make, that's kind of what I think they are. So I think Philadelphia is fine, but they're not at my final contenders. Like, I think there's five teams, and I actually think there's six, but there's five teams playing to the level of championship right now, and that's Milwaukee. Brooklyn has is not playing there, but there's no question on that talent. Utah, the two L.A. teams, and I believe in Denver. Um, they're not the same. They remind me a lot of us last year where we just lost a lot of the same types of players and you had to kind of rebuild who you are. But Jokic is so great that I think you have to put Denver in that category because all they have to do is beat you four out of seven, and Jokic can do that by himself. David, we appreciate a few minutes. We'll uh, we'll see some uh, really quality opponents uh, coming through town by the time we talk to you again. We'll catch up with you again next week. I want 55 threes tonight, PK. More threes, not less. Our standard deviation of performance gets smaller the more threes we take. So, therefore, we should take more threes. We're not taking enough. We're taking the most in the NBA, and I want more, PK. More threes. They took 53 last time, made 25, 47%. And we won. There's not. Correct. You shoot over 42% from three against Milwaukee, and you win. You shoot under 42% from three against Milwaukee, and you lose. Okay. Thank you, David. See ya. All right. Key phrase for tonight's game, let it fly. Let them fly. Threes from everywhere. DJ and PK, stay with us. More on the Jazz coming up. Cody Fuger, BYU basketball assistant coach at 8.30. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. David's Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. All right, PK, you just heard from David, and as usual, David Locke throws out a lot of stuff, but is there something you want to underline and put an exclamation point after? Uh, For me, the threes, I get the theory and principle but I don't want bad shots just because they're threes. That doesn't do me any good. Nope, neither does Quinn. I mean, there's never any stat 
on what the long rebound is that leads to two points the other side because you took a bad three. I mean, you're trying to make a point, so you're going to use your stats that make your point. Well, how many – and I've, I've often said this. The reason why I like the threes even before it became in vogue is because the opportunity of a long rebound works both ways. It's not just the defense transitioning to offense that can get them. The offense staying on offense can get them. And I, would, I, I, I always wondered, when you take a three, and obviously you make it, we know what you get, but if you miss it, What's the percentage chance, and I'm not a big numbers guy, but this has always intrigued me, what's the percentage chance that you get the offensive rebound versus what's the percentage chance you get the offensive rebound on just a two? You know, the regular shot that we used to see for years. And then also, two, what's the percentage of then you giving up an easy bucket on the other side? So I've never seen any of that. They're probably out there unless somebody goes and digs it. I'm not going to go look it up. Right. Uh, no, I'm assuming that the coaching staff has all of this info and, and info even beyond this. I mean, it's, But I'm, I always thought that even before teams were firing up 30-40 a game is that it seems to me logic would dictate there would be an opportunity, unless you're Hornacek, who had the ultimate short, uh, soft touch, that you would end up with some long rebounds, which then, to me, creates just as much opportunity for the offense to get it. And then we see you know, the tip-outs and stuff where they push it back out and – and then it's a, whoever happens to be standing where the ball is, and and not necessarily where it has happens, you know, because you go to the Dennis Rodman thing, and he used to study everybody's shot from where they took it out on the floor to where the percentage would be that it would go if it was missed, and so he had everybody's shooting percentage and where they were on the floor in his mind, so he knew, okay, if Steve Kerr shot from the left and missed from 15, the likelihood of ball going to spot xyz and i need to get my butt over there because then i got a better chance to get the offensive rebound and he clearly made a living off of that stuff so it's not like it's just happenstance i don't know that much is happenstance some is but i certainly don't think much is and everything is studied and all that so the bottom line to my ramble here is that i want to see quality threes not just threes for the sake of taking threes well, you and Quinn both, and they've got ways to get quality threes, and one of those is to really you know, get them in transition and, and, and push the ball and just run nonstop because they've got all the threes broken down, you know, contested, uncontested, spots on the floors, you know, different guys and each guy's trend. So I think at this point they've fine-tuned all of that on how to get a good three because I just don't think you're shooting 40% from three unless you know that stuff forwards and backwards, and I think all these well, guys do. Yeah, I don't think it's just off missed shots, though, that you can get that stuff because you're not running off of a missed shot, per se. You're setting it up. So, I mean, you've got to be able to do both. You're not just going to get it because the other team misses shots. They're going to make a fair amount of shots no matter how good your defense is. So you've got to be able to be effective in the so-called half court, too. And certainly the willingness, I think that's part of the reason, number one, I think is the willingness of literally every single guy on his team to make that pass. It doesn't seem like there's any form of selfishness that I've been. Maybe Jordan Clarkson is the exception that he probably, uh, if you statted out the amount of dribbles and the length of time he spends dribbling the ball uh, in the front court, not the back court, because obviously that's what you have to do unless you pass it up. But in the front court, he probably dribbles the most, I would think. 
I would think you're right. Uh, but he's effective. You know, you look what he did. I think he had 26 against the Bucks the last time. So if you got your game going, Jordan, have at it, and we'll all just get out of the way or we'll be <laughs> over here if you want to pass it to us. That's great. Uh, but if you feel like you've got an advantage, go ahead and take it because you can provide – such a level of offense that is uh, infused into the team and, and certainly needed that he can do that. The rest of them are moving the ball uh, and taking it. And, and as I watch the game and I sit there in my lazy boy and watch the games, uh, I can tell, okay, that shot's got an excellent chance of going in just based on how they line up, meaning – it, how quick it is if it's a good if it's a good three now sometimes you have to take a bad three shot clocks winding down whatever it might be uh, and sometimes you just make a bad decision and you think uh, this is a good three but really it isn't so uh, defensive you know what's the defensive pressure uh, I love it I love to see it just drives me crazy though from a defensive perspective these guys that go leave their feet think that they're going to block how many threes are blocked in the course of a game one two yeah, yeah. and i love it then you be, you become useless at that point and then bogdanovich just steps to his left or whatever it might be wherever he is out on the floor and then he's got a wide open three when you're also a and liability that, to that's a great too. shot yeah it's just so stupid I, why don't they i i love running out running after it, but then close out and keep your feet on the hardwood. Don't go flying by because then you're, you're like a bird. I just let you fly by and you become useless. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The question of the day, a two-parter coming up next. Stay with us.